house of the Lord and give him praise, for he deserves it.
In the goodness of God. Come on, yes, you have. And 
How many can say glory to God? Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we love you. And God, we don't even deserve your love. But you are so good to us. Overwhelmingly good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the goodness of God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy and your love. Thank you, Father God, that, Lord, you run after us and follow us all the days of our life. Father God, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray that you minister to every person in this room and everyone watching online, everyone at the sound of my voice, that they really hear your voice and not mine. Lord, speak into every man and woman's spirit right now. Let them know you're right here. Let them know you've heard their cry. Let them know you understand their pain. Let them know that you are here to watch them and see them through. And that, Lord, they're not alone. They're going through this with you hand in hand. And you, Lord God, are going to bring them through. Thank you, Father. Father God, we're praying for the sick. And, oh, there's a lot right now. So many people that are in the hospital from our congregation. Father God, we just pray complete restoration and healing. And Lord God, minister to their families that are so worried and so concerned. Father God, just be with them. Comfort them. Encourage them. Father God, thank you for our young people. Thank you for all the students in high school and grade school and elementary and pre-K and college and universities and trade schools. God, I just pray that, Lord, you watch over them on their campus that, Lord God, the presence of God be among them and within them, and that they be a light shining in their campus. Father God, I pray for every staff person, for every teacher, encourage them. Lord, sometimes the school atmosphere is brutal. Some of those kids are rude and mean. I pray that, God, you put a peace over the classrooms, that it be a wonderful teaching atmosphere for teachers' aides and the support staff. Lord, I just pray blessing over them. Father God, we pray over every marriage, and we pray, Father God, over every relationship. We pray, Father God, healing and restoration. We pray, Father God, for the downtrodden, lift them up. For those that are broken, heal them. And Lord, those that, Lord, are ready to give up, I pray that, Lord, you speak encouragement and life into them right now. God, we're praying for our men's retreat this weekend. We're praying for a mighty, mighty move of the Holy Spirit that these men that take off this weekend from their families, they come back transformed and their wives or their children are going to say, I don't even recognize you anymore because you came back so different. God, I pray a move of your God, it's your spirit. Thank you again for everything you're doing. Fill this place with your glory. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And all of God's people say amen. Because his goodness, his goodness is following us all the days of our life. Is there a single woman? Sing, all my life you have been faithful. So my
Jesus. Amen. Hey, church, while you're still up and celebrating with one another, why don't we greet one another in his name? Amen, church. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, hello, church family. How are you doing? That's good. These over here are awake. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you want to try up? that again? What's up, church? Welcome to the house of the Lord, man. My name is Michael Romero, your New Beginnings Church Worship and Arts Pastor. It's a joy and my honor to be with you tonight. And my name is Roxy yeah. de Santiago, and I also am on your worship team in case you didn't. And a bunch of other stuff. And a bunch of other stuff. And a bunch of other stuff. Hey, church. <laughs> We welcome you and, of course, those watching from home and maybe you're listening at a later time. We still welcome you. Thank you for being a part of what the Lord is doing tonight. Amen. Church, uh, before we turn over the pulpit to Pastor Richard, uh, never seize the opportunity to give you the opportunity. Hey, by the way, young people, you're dismissed. Amen. Young people, give it up for our be young blessed, people. Be blessed. Be blessed out Amen. there. Isn't it awesome? That crew keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's Word. very exciting. Amen. That. Amen. We will hope I that they have a Marching out to the other door and when the same. So church, we want to catch you up on just a couple of things that uh, the Lord is doing through us uh, this coming week. Just a couple of things. Uh, I know Pastor Richard mentioned the men's retreat. Please keep them in prayer, church, the men of, of New Beginnings. Keep them in prayer. Uh, we leave Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Uh, and just as we're talking about that, Rocks, um, and church, um, I want to remind you that if you signed up, whatever email you use to sign up, check that email, please. There's a very, very important link that you have to uh, click on to fill out a very important form that the retreat center is asking us to fill out as individuals, not as a group, but as individuals. So please, please, please make sure to check that. So what Michael is saying is, could y'all help me out? I have a stress level that's right here because some of y'all haven't opened your email. <laughs> Could you check your email and fill out the form for my friend here? Thanks for so a woman explaining. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. you. That's what he needs cool for, for the wives in the room. Could you check your <laughs> husband's emails to make sure because you want him to go away this weekend, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. We want him to come back changed. Amen. That's right. Let's fill out so, that form. So, you know what? While we're talking about the men's retreats, uh, also, on that Saturday, for those that aren't able to make it, we want to remind you, this Saturday, while some other cats are out at the retreat, don't forget, men's breakfast is still happening on Saturday morning. That's right. Because so it's a big away. group. It's a big, big group that meets on Saturday morning. Right. If you couldn't breakfast. get away, maybe your job didn't let you, something else got in the way. You someone still, else didn't let or you. Or someone, I wasn't going to point out anybody, but anyway. Um, if you couldn't get away, but you still want to spend some time with yeah. men of God having good conversation, then if you can't go to the retreat, come to the men's breakfast. And on that note, also, there will be a lot of our regular volunteers who hand yeah. out the food distribution that are going away that weekend. So we need some additional cats, as Michael would call them, some additional <laughs> cats, cats to step cats, up. Fellas. 
some additional volunteers to help with the food distribution. That food distribution is Friday, um, Friday morning, Friday at noon. So if you That's could right. be here a little bit before that, if you could be here at 10, that would be very Check much Check in at 10 in our, front, in our front desk here uh, with Melissa, and she will direct you to whomever will be kind of letting us know what to do, but check-in is at 10 o'clock because that's the time the truck gets here to unload and then we kind of disperse and make the bags and do all that kind of stuff. But the food distribution does begin at 12 o'clock, so please, we do need the extra help because of those fellows that are deep uh, down south in Capitan. Yep, and we want them to go on that retreat, so let's make that's it right. easy for the teams that remain. Let's um, make it easy. Parents' night out. That's right. It's such exciting time for those of you who have kids. Man, you need this parent night out. That's right. You need to just be able to drop off your kid and say, hey, just a couple of hours of no kid. But why? But mom, but why? Yeah, sometimes you just need a break. And it will be very, very well taken care of. Sister Jessica does an amazing job. You do have to remember to pick them up. But other than He's that, sure just make sure you register. And church, everything we talked about today, maybe we missed out a date, maybe we missed out a time, maybe we missed out an event that you had seen before, we had mentioned before. There's this amazing QR code that pops up behind me every now and then. If you would just point your camera at that and click, um, there's all kinds of events, all kinds of classes, all kinds of things that you can go to participate in or ways that you can reach out to your church staff if you have a prayer request or a concern or a suggestion or something like that. There's a, it's a, it's a two-way communication um, that opens up when you click on that QR code. So go ahead and click on and see what else you can find. There's all kinds of things. It's part of how we reach up, how we reach into our community, and how we reach out to the community that God has called us to serve. Amen. Please stay involved by uh, clicking that QR code. It's the best way you guys can register for any and all of our events. Uh, for instance, child dedication is coming up Sunday. Uh, I don't know if it's not too late. It's never too late to make that important step. Uh, if you want to do something like that, you can you can register online. Maybe register to get baptized at the end of the month or register for Meet the Pastors that are coming up pretty soon. Church, these are the events that you guys want to sign up for. Uh, find out more information on that QR code is the best way um, to connect with us, even at the front office or even if it's a prayer request, you guys can fill it out electronically through that QR code that's behind me. And as always, while you're in that app connecting with us, at the bottom right-hand corner, there's that heart. Uh, that heart is for you to give. And we thank you so much for always doing that, church, uh, in your obedience and giving uh, the things like the, the, the food distributions, the men's retreat uh, would not be possible, parents' night out, all these events would not be possible without your obedience and your tithe. And then always going above and beyond that with your giving. So thank you so much. And church, with that, we turn it over to Pastor Richard. Thank you so much, Roxy and Pastor Michael. And Pastor Michael, thank you for covering the pulpit on this past Sunday. Didn't he do an amazing job? It was awesome, guys. Guys, uh, I, I've been doing this sermon series uh, that I just started, actually, uh, and it's called In Time of Pain. Because when we go through pain in life, how many of you know that pain is inevitable? Pain happens, okay? Pain happens to the righteous and the unrighteous, to save people and unsaved people. The Bible says that the sun rises on the righteous and the unrighteous, and it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous, meaning life happens, and we need to understand that. And in the midst of that, sometimes we question God. Some people say, I never question God. 
I never questioned God, but why am I going through this, Pastor? I go, well, you know, and I try to help them, but what they're, what they're saying is, I'm going through a challenging time, and I don't know what's going on, and I need to know what's going on, and I need to know what's happening, and <clears throat> because I don't know what's happening, I'm overwhelmed by this pain, and it's okay to question God, but you got to question him the right way. So if you'll turn with me to an Old Testament book in the book of Habakkuk, and in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, in, in these uh, five verses, it says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Violence is every place. I cry out, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? So he's got, and when you read this passage, you would think he's crying out from Albuquerque, New Mexico right now in what we're going through. He goes, wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has been paralyzed, and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that the justice has become perverted. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I am doing something in your own day, something you won't believe even if someone has told you about. So, Father, I pray that, Lord, we would open our eyes to see the work you're doing. But in the meanwhile, Lord, help us to learn that when we do question, that we ask the right question. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. Look, in times of pain, we often ask the wrong question. Sometimes we say stuff like, we question for which there's no answer. We're asking God stuff that there's no answer, but we're asking anyway. And it's like, why do we do that? It's like, you're, you're asking something that's ridiculous. Why is it so windy today? Because it is. I mean, the barometric pressure and, the, and, and are you with me? But we ask, oh, why is it raining? I hate it when it rains. Well, guess what? I've been praying for rain. You haven't. I guess I beat you. No, you don't know. But you see what I mean? It's like, it's like we ask questions that are silly sometimes. We also question for which the answers add to our pain. Sometimes we ask questions that all it makes it is more miserable for us, more painful. And we're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't even have asked. Why did I ask? Have you ever been going through a difficult time and you ask someone, and I don't know what's going on, and they go, I do, and they just lay it out and they pound you. And you're like, man, sorry I even asked. Or we also question, which turns into pain, our pain into shame. We feel ashamed of what happened and we feel like, ugh, I wish I never would have done this. And I feel this, ugh, it's just bad. So, what I want to do is give you some questions that if you're going to question God, question him this way. 
So when questioning God, number one, ask, okay, when have I been through this before, Lord? When have I been in this place before? Because let me tell you something, almost anything and everything you've gone through, you have gone through it, and if you haven't gone through it personally, you've been through it with somebody that you go, oh my gosh, yes, Lord, I remember that's exactly what my sister was going through. I remember my cousin went through that. I remember that guy at work was going through that. I remember that friend of mine at, 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 the, at the, you know, baseball club was going through that. I remember, I remember. And you're going through situations that you cry out to God and you go, you know what, God? I, I thank you that you're reminding me that I've been through this before and you saw me through. And the way you saw me through in the past, you're gonna see me through again. Because let me tell you something. It's easier to believe that God is here right now when you can remember that he was there then. So you get to say, thank you, Lord. I know you were there then. I know you're going to see me through this time, and I'm going to get God is faithful. My God is good. Man, goodness and faithfulness and, and mercy are chasing me, running after me all the days of my life. In the book of Lamentations, in chapter 3, verse 20 through 26, it says, I'll never forget this awful, awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. So he's saying, man, I remember, and I'll never forget You've been there in the past, and you're going to see me through, and I'm going to wait patiently, and I know you're going to see me through because you've done it in the past, and you're going to do it again because my God's faithful, and thank you, Lord, because right now I want you to know this is a painful time. That's a difficult time. So, oh, how I need you, but thank you that you're there. See, have confidence, have hope, have promise that it's really there. Believe that it's really there. Know that it's really there. And say, you know what, Lord? I know it's there. I know it's going to happen. And I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to press on through and to see the glory of God. A second thing you need to do is you need to ask, when you're, when you're questioning God, ask, what are the promises that I can stand on in the midst of this pain? What can I stand on? Because you know what we stand on a lot of times is our frustration. We stand on our lack of trust. We stand on our anger. We stand on our just lack of faith. Oh, man, I don't even know why I'm going through this. This is so stupid. I'm faithful to the Lord. I pray and I tithe and I go to church, and here I am going through this. This, this really stinks. I don't, ugh, I'm just so frustrated. And, and, and instead of thinking all those destructive thoughts, Start thinking, you know what, Lord? I know I, I, I've asked you, and you reminded me I've gone through this before. You reminded me that my best friend went through this before. You reminded me that people have gone through this before at church, 
And you know what? You brought them through and they're sailing and they're soaring like eagles because Lord, you were faithful. And I gotta remember that. So Lord, right now, in the midst of this pain, I wanna stand on your promises, not in my destructive thinking. I wanna trust in your word and not in myself because I really don't measure up right now. In the book of Psalms 119, verse 49 through 50, it says, remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. <coughs> Lord, your promises are my hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my trouble. And Lord, it's amazing what your spirit does to me. When I trust in your word, boom, it just lifts me up. When I read your word, boom, life is given to me. It's like literally getting an IV and they put an IV in your arm and they're giving you that, 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 that glucose and they're giving you that, 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 in Spanish, a suero. I think that's glucose in English. All I know is they give you an IV because you need nourishment. You need to be built up. Man, the word of God builds you up. The word of God speaks into your life. The word of God lifts you up. He's the lifter of my head. I might be down and out, but he's gonna pick me back up. He says he's gonna lift my countenance. I'm gonna be able to walk with my head up, my shoulders back and say, hallelujah. I am the head and not the tail. I'm the first and last, not the last. I am victorious in the power of God and I'm gonna get through this because my God is with me. And it might look like it's the end, but it's only the beginning. It might look like a crazy idea, me trusting in God. Let me tell you something. Noah looked kind of dumb building a huge ship in the middle of a place that had no water. But yet, you know what? <laughs> He's the only one that floated away. He's the only one that floated away. Can you have somebody built a huge, huge cruise ship here in Albuquerque? Well, we got Kingly Beach. <laughs> no, it, it won't fit there. See, you would look kind of foolish. Sometimes when we put our trust in God and we're holding on to his truth, we're holding on to his promise, we look funny and kind of weird to the unbeliever. And they go, oh my gosh, you and your crazy God, you and your crazy hope. And you just sit there and when you come out shining, you go, glory to God. They go, man, I can't believe it. You go, I can because God saw me through. Look what it says right there in Psalm 23. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. I shall not want. In other words, I don't need anything. I don't want anything because I have all I need. He meets my every need. I don't have to be saying, what am I gonna do now? What am I, I have the Lord. When you find out that God is all you have left, you'll find out that he's more than enough. He will be there, he will see you through, he will be there to strengthen you, encourage you, and build you up. It's important that we understand that. It's important that we see that. It's important that we believe that. There's so many promises. You know in the Bible, there's 365 times that God says, fear not, do not fear. Isn't that interesting? How many days in a year? 
Oh, what a coincidence, 365. There's a brand new promise for every day. Fear not, you're gonna get through this. Fear not, you're gonna make it. Fear not, I'm with you. Fear not, because you know what? You might feel like it's all over, but it's just beginning. Fear not, because let me tell you something, I am for you, and if I be for you, nothing will be against you, so fear not. And we gotta believe that. And those are just the promises of the fear nots. There's thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible. And all we have to do is really believe them. And we need to read them. We need to see them. That's why some people read the book of Proverbs and they read a chapter a day because there's 31 Proverbs. And most months either have 30 or 31 days. So you know what? Read a chapter a day. It speaks so much life into you. It speaks so much hope into you. It speaks so much promise into you. Because let me tell you something. You have someone speaking in your head all day long, don't you? And sometimes it's not the Lord. Because the Lord's there too. He's speaking into your head. But the devil is there to intercept. And the devil's there to try to tell you, yeah, right. Oh, there's 365 days a year. And there's 365 promises of do not fear do not, do not be afraid. Oh, shut up. Don't listen to pastor. What does he He doesn't know what you're going through. See, that voice will try to confuse you. That voice will try to take you down a track that will really mess you up. It'll take you down a road that is not healthy. It'll take you down an area that, you know what? We can be so destructive on our own. I don't need your help to be crazy. I'm crazy enough on my own. Come on, aren't you? Aren't we? We're all crazy. Think of some of the crazy stuff you think sometimes. You go, man, what's wrong with me, Lord? And he goes, you're crazy. So I don't need you to add to my craziness, but yet we add to our craziness sometimes. Oh, dude, you're all messed up, man. Have you ever noticed people, instead of encouraging you, they speak a lot of death over you sometimes? Like, let's say you're gonna have to have a surgery. Man, my appendix is messed up. Oh, dude, man, my cousin had an appendicitis, and oh, my God, they had to remove the appendix, but they had to remove half the stomach, and they had to remove, and they, God, they tell you these gory, horrible situations. Man, I got to have, I got to have outpatient surgery. I have a little wart. Oh, a friend of mine had a wart right there, and man, they had to end up cutting his finger off. You're like, man. I don't need the craziness. I'm already a little nervous. Are, are you with me? Man, we don't need that. Instead, hold on to the promises of God. You know what? God, I need this wart taken off. And you know what? If they end up taking my finger off, that's okay. Because you know what? Even with nine fingers, God's going to use me. He's going to help me. He's going to strengthen me. Quit getting into destructive thinking. So when you're going through a difficult time, and you're going to question God, say, God, what are the promises that I can stand on in the midst of this pain? God, when have I ever been in this situation before that you brought me through? A third thing you need to ask is ask, Lord, where's my safe house of sorrow? Where's my safe haven? Where's my safe place? Because I'm broken right now, God. I'm hurting. 
I'm falling apart. And when we're falling apart, everyone around us looks happy, don't they? And we go, God, I wish I was happy like them. And you know what they're thinking? Man, I wish I was happy like you, <laughs> you know? But see, we see life different when we're going through pain. And we can't see the joy. And we can't see the Lord. And we start going through. I mean, we don't understand it. And sometimes we're going through such agony and such pain. We forget that God understands and that he feels our pain and he sympathizes with our pain. The Bible says throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, it says, Jesus looked upon the people with what? Compassion. He looked with compassion in his eyes. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He saw them broken and in need, and he looked at them, and that's the way he sees us. Man, when he was called out by Mary and Martha, the brothers, I mean, the sisters of Lazarus, and they said, Lord, please come here. Our brother, your friend, is very sick unto death. But he was a day's journey off. So they had sent a messenger and it took a whole day to get there. And so now Jesus said, his sickness isn't unto death. Boy, he's not gonna die. He's where he was. Jesus was always about his father's business. He said, I'm about his business. He wouldn't panic. Oh my gosh, I gotta go. Guys, I gotta take off. They need me over in Bethany. I gotta go. No, God didn't tell him to go. So he stayed where he was a few more days. Then he finally said, okay, guys, let's go to Bethany. And so when they go back to Judah and they get to Bethany, they call Mary and Martha. And they go, hey, Jesus is here. But by that time, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. So it's like, man, what a drag. So they say, hey, Jesus is here. Martha goes outside to greet him. Mary doesn't even go outside. She's mad at him. He's like, I don't want to see him. Well, oh, good, Jesus is here. Who cares? My brother's dead now. Like, thanks a lot for showing up late. Have any of you ever felt like that? Like, Lord, the Lord is late? Like, where are you, Lord? I've been praying, 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 praying. I've been praying, 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 praying. Pastor always says, pray, 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 pray. Ah, shut up, Pastor. You're there, Lord, really? Pray, 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 where are you? And God goes, I'm right on time every time. I know what I'm doing. And he gets there, but he sees the brokenness in the girls, and he sees the brokenness in the people, and he sees that Lazarus is gone, and they're all broken. And you know what it says? The shortest, yet the most powerful verse in the Bible. Two words. It's in John eleven thirty six. 36, as Jesus wept. Jesus wept. It says, then Jesus wept. He saw the crowd. He saw the people. He saw the brokenness. And he wept. So some scholars say, well, he wept because the people didn't believe that, that Jesus could raise him from the dead. Some say he, he, he wept because the people didn't put their faith in God. You know what? I just believe Jesus wept because he was such a loving, compassionate God that he sees our pain, and even in our pain, he weeps alongside of us, and he cries with us, and he understands our pain, and he carries our pain. In the book of Psalms, chapter 56, it says right there that Jesus collects our tears in our bottle. 
He's got bottles, and up in heaven, there's a bottle that has your name on it, and it's all your tears because he has seen your pain. He understands your pain, and he weeps for you, and he weeps with you, and God is there to help you carry your pain. So where's your safe haven? Where's your house of refuge? Where's your house of sorrow? Where's your place where you could go run? Look what it says right there in Psalm 32, verse 7. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Lord, the Lord, I love that. Because he surrounds us with songs of victory. So we're the hi- he's the hiding place. So when you're, and the devil's on your tail, and he's trailing you, man. Haven't you ever felt like the devil is every place you turn, and he's got a trap just waiting to take you down? And you're like, I can't take this anymore. You wake up in the morning, your wife goes all over you. Your husband just lets out, boom. You go, come on, kids. Your kids are all, eh. Your parents are all, eh. Your siblings are all, eh. And like, man, what's going on? And then you go to work and, eh. You go to school, eh. It's just horrible. And you're like, man, the devil is just, Lord, I need a hiding place. I need some place where I can go and hide with you. I need a place, Lord. Where is my place of sorrow? Where is my safe house of brokenness? Where is that place that I can go and find my refuge? And it's in him. It's in the Lord. And he will give you that place. For you, it's a different place than others. Some people like to go to the very, very top of the mountain. Some like to take a hike all all the way to the rock house up there. Some like to go up the nine-mile hill, and, and they just check out the lights, and they go, God, I so desperately need you. Some like to take a cruise. Some go to Tingley Beach and feed the ducks and just get away from life. Some walk in the bosque. Some, some, some. There's a place for everyone, and the main place is where you could connect with God, and you could get to that place where he's going to protect you, he's going to shield you, he's going to watch over you, he's going to be with you, he's going to carry you, he's going to make sure that you're going to make it through. And he's going to say, I'm here, I'm right here, calm down, it's okay. Haven't you ever been with your kids and and they're playing and and you're sitting on the bench over at the park and, and they're on the swings and they're swinging with a bunch of kids or they're going down the slides, and all of a sudden your kid falls, and they hurt themselves, and they're, (laughs) and it's that cry where they can't even hardly breathe, and they're, (laughs) and you know your kids cry, and you run over there, and you pick them up, and they're, where where, where are you? You I was right here watching you. I never took my eyes off of you. I knew exactly where you were. I knew exactly when you got hurt, and that's why I was here so quick, because I'm watching you. I've got you covered. I'm going to hold you. And they hold you, and they calm you, and they put their head right there against their chest, their chest, and you hear the heartbeat of your mama. You hear the heartbeat of your daddy, and you start calming down because it's your house of safety. It's your safe place of sorrow. It's that place where you could empty out your pain, that place where you could empty out your hardship. 
that place where you could empty out your brokenness and someone's not saying, oh my gosh, get over it already. You're saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're allowing me to empty myself in your presence. And then another question we need to ask, if we're gonna ask God a question, ask him this, say, Lord, who can carry me to Jesus when my faith is paralyzed? When I'm paralyzed. You know what? Sometimes we have a paralyzed faith. Some people have told me, Pastor, I feel like I'm losing my faith. I, I, I believe, but I don't believe. It's like, God, I'm going through so much right now. And, man, Lord, where are you? And what's going on? And I just feel overwhelmed. And I feel like I can't even move. And I feel like, man, I don't know what's going on. I can't even seem to get out of my house. I can't even seem to wake up to go to work or go to school. I, can't, I feel depressed. I feel broken. I feel empty. I feel like giving up. I just feel... I don't know if you've ever felt like that where you feel so overwhelmed that you don't know what to do. And you know that God is your strength and you know he's your hope and you know that God is the one that can see you through. But at that moment, you can't even seem to cry out to God. You can't even seem to go, God, the shortest prayer is help. You can't even seem to say that. And, and you feel so crippled and you feel so paralyzed and you feel broken. Man, I want to remind you of the story in the Gospel of Matthew, I mean Mark. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So here's these guys. These four guys are carrying their friend. He's paralyzed. He can't walk. But they know Jesus is a miracle worker. They know Jesus can meet needs that no one other, other man can meet. They know that Jesus could do the impossible because for man, things are impossible. But for God, nothing is impossible. So those four friends put him on the mat and they go, come on, let's go. I don't know about you, man. I'd be on that mat going, thank you. Thanks, dudes. Thanks, man. Thanks. And they get to the house and it says, look what it has. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. There are so many people, they can't even get in the house. I don't know about you. I'd be so bummed out, like, oh, man, I was so full of hope. These guys love me enough to carry me. These guys love me enough to get me up out of the house and put me on this stretcher, and they're carrying me. God, thank you for good friends. But now I can't even get in the house. So they dug a hole through the roof above Jesus' head. I don't know about you, man. If I'm the dude on the mat, dude, your four friends are going to put you up on the roof. How did they pick him up? Man, did they strap him around the gurney and pull the gurney up? And can you imagine? You're, oh, man, can you drop me? Ah, you're paralyzed anyway. It won't hurt. <laughs> I can feel. I might be paralyzed partly, but I can feel. Are you with me? Because sometimes that's how we treat people. They're paralyzed in their pain, and we're like, oh, my gosh, could you quit being a whiner. Get over it already. What's wrong with us? Where's our compassion? Where's our care? Where's our sympathy? And all of a sudden, man, these guys take them up on the roof. Dude, wouldn't you want to be there to see that? 
to, how did they pick him up? Man, did, you know, did two of them get up there and the other two are holding or did they pull in some others? Hey, man, help us out. We're gonna get up there and hand him up to us. Or I don't know what they did, but they had rope to lower him, so they must have pulled him up. All I know is they get him up on the roof. Can you imagine if that was your house? Some guys are up on the roof and they're tearing up your roof. Come on, dudes, I just had it roofed. Come on, what are you doing to my shingles? And, they're, and they open up a hole right over where Jesus is sitting. And man, Jesus must have been like, I know what's going on. But man, I just love these rope holders. Do you have any rope holders in your life? Do you have any people that hold your rope, that they hold you to lower you, they hold your rope to carry you, they hold the rope to help you when you are paralyzed, when your faith is not functioning and you don't know what to do and you're so overwhelmed and you go, man, I love my husband, I love my wife, I don't want to get divorced. I love my son and I love my daughter. I don't want to lose them to drugs and alcohol. I love, I love, are you with me? You feel paralyzed. I just got fired. Now what am I going to do? I just went to the doctor for just a checkup, and now they told me I've got cancer, and I don't know what's going to happen. Man, man, there's a lot of things in life that paralyze us. There's a lot of things in life that, boom, it hits you, and man, it knocks you down, and you don't even know what to do. You don't even know how to stand up. Do you have the people in your life that'll carry you in the midst of your paralysis, of your spiritual paralysis? And these guys take him up on the roof. They lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Man, Jesus must have been like, those are your homeboys, man. Don't ever forget that. These dudes love you. You know what they did? They went out of their way. I don't know how far away the guy lived. Do you? It doesn't say. Can you imagine if they brought him all the way from 98th Street? Dude, that's a long way carrying some bottle. We don't know if he was a big, heavy dude like me. But even if he's a little skinny dude like some of you, dude, that's a long way. Even if you just have to carry him across the street. Let's take him across the street. The ambulance can't take anyone to Loveless or emergency room across the street, so we're going to do it. But we don't even have a wheeled gurney. Okay, guys, we need four of you. Come on, grab a corner. Can you imagine to walk from here all the way just across the street with somebody? That's, that's hard. That's love. We got you, dude. We got you. Your faith is paralyzed, but ours isn't. You can't see, but we can. You can't move, but we can. You can't believe, but we can. And we got you covered. We got you. You are in the hands of the Lord, and our hands are being used by God right now to carry you. We are going to take you in the presence of the Almighty. And then you get there, and you're like, wow, this is messed up, man. You remember when they opened Cain's, the restaurant? The line was all the way down to Carlisle, over a mile long. 
And then it wrapped around, it came in the parking lot and wrapped around the parking lot, then went behind the building, then it came this way, and then it's still, oh my gosh, people were in line four hours for chicken fingers. (laughs) And you guys have your review on them, I have mine, and I'd rather not tell you what I think of them, so let's just move on. Can you imagine they're carrying you? We got you, dude. I know you're paralyzed. I know you don't have enough to get you going, but we got you, man. And all of a sudden they get there. Wow, we can't even get in. Where's Jesus at? What does it matter? You can't get in. No, 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 dude, dude, dude. You don't understand. Just tell me where he's at. He's right by the fireplace. Orale, okay. Let's find the smokestack. Here it is. That means Jesus is right here. Okay, let's get this dude up here. So they get the dude up on the roof. That poor paralyzed guy's going, oh, oh, oh. Can you imagine if they're picking him up and his feet are higher than his head? Oh, then his head's, oh. Man, I don't know what it looked like. That's how it looks like when I read it in the Bible. I see this poor guy going, oh, oh. And finally they get him up there and they set him down. What are you guys going to do? We're going to get you in. How? Don't worry about it. Just trust us. Trust you? (laughs) Dude, you just scared me half to death getting me up here. Just wait till we put you down. So now they dig the hole. And they lower him before Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? Touched and healed him. This person was paralyzed. Paralyzed faith, paralyzed life. How many of us have been paralyzed in our faith? Paralyzed in our situation that we didn't know what to do? Some of you might have been brought to church today. Someone said, come on, dude, go to church with me. I promise you it'll help. And you're like, yeah, right. What church? Like if church is going to do anything to me. And right now God's speaking to you. You're like, Oh my gosh, man, I don't even know what's happening to me, but (coughs) man, I feel the presence of God all over me. I feel the presence of God all around me. And you go, yeah, I got got goose pimples. Some people call them hallelujah bumps. I don't know what they are except that, you know what? God's doing something. Some of you aren't even in this room. You're watching online. And so he's doing something there too. And you're sitting in your room, you're sitting in your car, you're a trucker and you're pulled over at a truck stop and, and you're watching and God is speaking to you and you're going, wow, man, I'm paralyzed and now God has touched me. So do you have friends that'll carry you when you're paralyzed? Are you partnering up with people that care about you and pray for you and encourage you? Who can carry you in the midst of brokenness? Do you have that support team around you? The last question you ought to ask is, Lord, how do I keep my joy? How do I keep my joy, Lord? How do I keep the joy of the Lord? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I am so weak right now. God, I'm ready to give up. I can't do it. 
God, I'm exhausted, and you're a perfect candidate. The Bible says in Matthew 11, 28, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. That means all you who are exhausted, and I'll give you rest. Man, so if you're exhausted, you're a perfect candidate to receive what God has for you. You're a perfect candidate for what God wants to pour out to you. You're a perfect candidate for how God wants to empty himself to you. So how do you keep your joy? And in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, it says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, and even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, and even though the flocks die in the fields, and the cattle barns are empty, that's depressing. That's brokenness. That's emptiness. In the midst of all that, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God for of my salvation. So I know some of you right now are that person. The fields are empty. The barns are empty. There's no fruit on the tree, you're, you're just broken. You're like, forget it, man. Let's just call it quits. And God's saying, no, don't you get it? I want to renew you. I want to restore you. So when you start asking questions, ask the right question. God, what have I been through here before? God, because you've been faithful. Your goodness is running after me all the days of my life. You're faithful, God. And Lord, what are the promises I need to hold on to? What are the promises I need to look to? What are the promises I need to claim? What are the promises I need to receive? What are the promises I need to recite over and over and over? Because you know what? If God be for me, nothing will be against me. Man, Exodus 14, 14 says, I will fight for you, says the Lord. I love that verse. He says, just stay calm. I got you. I'm going to fight for you. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I got it, man. I got it. I don't know about you. That's a promising verse for me. Man, I got to remember that. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. In him may I trust. And I will. And I might be paralyzed, but you know what? God has given me friends that I'm going through life with and they're seeing me through and they're going to see me through this situation as well. So I don't know where you are, what you're going through in life. I just want to make sure you're going through it with Jesus. And if you haven't made that decision, I hope that tonight you make a decision to trust God to be your Savior and your Lord. And if you've never made that decision and you want to do that, just raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I, I'd love to make that decision tonight. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Is there anyone here tonight that wants to make that decision? Then you know what, church, I, I just want to pray with you. And I want to pray for you. Amen. Was that your hand that I want to make that decision? Because I just want to make sure that everyone has that opportunity. So if 
if you made that decision to stand, stand to your feet, and, and, and I want to pray with you and for you. Praise the Lord. This is to encourage you, because this is the greatest decision of your life. Say this prayer. Would everyone say it with us? Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I realize how desperately I need a Savior. Jesus Christ, be my Savior. Be my Lord. I accept your death on the cross for my sins. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hey, can I give you a hug real quick, like? Man, come over here real quick. I, I, I really would love to just give you a hug and to celebrate what God is doing in your life and, and to celebrate. Amen. If you have a prayer request and you are at that point where you're saying, God, I've had questions and tonight I want to live it out because your goodness, your goodness is following me all the days of my life. Make your way up. We want to pray with you. We won't belong this thing, but we want to take time to pray. Make your way up if you want. You were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God Come on, lift your voice with us tonight all my life Let us pray, church. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our life. Thank you, Father God, for moving mightily among us tonight. I pray, Father God, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you would minister to us and carry us in the midst of our brokenness. Father God, I pray that, Lord, whenever we question you, we'll always remember to ask, Lord, if I've been through this before, remind me that you'll carry me through again. Lord, that we might be able to say, God, what are the promises I need to cry out to and hold on to? Lord, I need to really believe that, Lord, there's people that you have in my life to help me when I feel paralyzed and feel like giving up. 
Father God, I need to remember, Lord, to cry out to you and say, Lord, where's my safe haven? Where's my safe home? Where's my shelter? And Lord, that I might truly be able to say, Heavenly Father, I need you. Because, Father God, I feel so broken right now that I need to be reminded that your joy can be renewed in me. So renew in us our salvation. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Sing it out, celebrate it, and you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. We will see you this Sunday. God bless you.